Welcome, everybody, to If I May, a podcast with me, Nick, an average guy, along with three of my average friends, Kyle, Dylan, and Brent. Tonight, we're going to talk, record it, and throw it out onto the internet for all you folks to listen to, because uh, we awesome like that. This is episode 45. <laughs> uh, I didn't actually hear the, I didn't hear the let's go part, so it was that was kind of funny. <laughs> this is episode 45. Oh. I was waiting for a let's go, and there was no let's go. I, okay. I said it. it I just know. That's okay. Out. At any rate, Kyle, can you uh, share what's on the docket for us today? Uh, what is on the docket for today is, I mean, I got like two things I could talk about, and I'm sure we'll have lots, uh, plenty more to that'll come up uh, mid-conversation. And then, of course, we'll end with Game of Thrones. Again, we will be talking about Game of Thrones every episode now until Game of Thrones is over and potentially a little bit after. But uh, we will be talking about Game of Thrones. We'll save it to the end, though, and we'll let you know very clearly when we're going to Game of Thrones. But uh, last 20, 30 minutes or so will be Game of Thrones talk. Uh, spoiler alert spoiler is alert. yes yes there will be spoilers <laughs> during game of thrones what no he didn't dumbledore died no he lived forever in our hearts speaking of dumbledore looking people <laughs> <laughs> that is a segue if i ever heard one are you sure i'm not giving this segue it seems like uh, something I've, I've been doing i don't know how i feel about that segue but um <laughs> On the you way started it. You home it now. <laughs> from work today, uh, after spending more money than I expected to on a suit with its alterations that are needed, um, I there was a homeless guy on the side of the road that said he was said he was homeless with two kids, and I, I was like, eh. like I typically don't give homeless people anything, but I was like, whatever. Like I just spent so much money on a suit, like I can give this guy five bucks, and I was like. Uh, I didn't actually have, go, I literally had zero cash on me, but inside my wallet in my center console in my car, which is, it's just like my extra papers stuff wallet. Like I don't actually like, it's like my, um, four wheeling, uh, certification and like boater safety. It's that kind of junk. It's, I literally have a wallet in my center console just for all that junk that I don't need with me at, at all times. And in there I had some, uh, Culver's free ice cream coupons, and so I was just like, oh, hey, buddy, you go to Culver's? And he was like, huh? I was like, here's some free ice cream. <laughs> and so I gave him probably like four or five free ice creams at Culver's, which, to be honest, that's probably like some, that's like some of the best ice cream out there as far as like that custard. goes. Custard. Custard, yeah, custard. you're right. But you're right. It's custard. Can you, can you see him like walking into a Culver's though and being like, I just. <laughs> I kind of thought about that practical. <laughs> I was like, so, but that's where this topic comes from is like. What would be an actual useful thing to give a homeless person? Like, I don't want to just straight up give them money because then they can use it for whatever. Like, do you get a bunch of like $5 McDonald's gift cards and give them out? I mean, that might make sense. Cause no, because that's the same thing where they have to walk into a public place and... They're not allowed to walk into a public order. place? They absolutely can, but I feel like most homeless people feel like... Most homeless people that are actually homeless feel uncomfortable walking into a fast food restaurant. Even a McDonald's. I don't know. Even a McDonald's. I guess I don't really know. I've never been homeless, so I, I don't know what homeless people are uncomfortable doing. But, I feel like if I was homeless, um, McDonald's, I would not give a single F if whoever saw me in a McDonald's. You gotta yeah. do something healthier though. McDonald's So is, okay, that was my other thought. Like, do, do think- I do like if I if I want to do something for homeless, besides like volunteering at a food shelter, which is definitely like probably hits probably, way more people. And I know I preferred. Yeah, right. My work does that. But like 
for the people standing on the side of the road? Like, what can you actually give them? Like, I know, like maybe I can tell you what I do. So, um, being like having a military background, I kind of think about it as a, like, I think about it as a calorie intake. So like if you're going to feed some homeless dude, uh, and you give him a burger, he's probably going to be hungry in like two hours. All right. So what I do is I actually keep a stash of MREs in my trunk, in my car, a stash of MREs and bottled waters. And I always keep at least one MRE and one bottle of water in my glove compartment. So that way, if I'm like driving down the road, cause you always see them, um, being down like near the cities, you always see them on the intersections. Yeah. Right. But stoplights where people are waiting. Yeah. And then you just like either, if it's nighttime, you flash their high beams and they walk over and you'd be like, Hey, I got some food for you. Are you hungry? Um, and they say, sure. And then you hand them an MRE and say the instructions are it, like, it has all the instructions on it, which it does. Yeah, aren't they like Lego instructions where and, you don't even I, need to yeah, read English? Like step by step by step. And then also like, um, I tell the person, I'm just like, Hey, this bottle of water is for your MRE. Like you need water for, for it to work. And they go, Oh, thank you very much. Like, so the way I look at it is like in one MRE, it's over a thousand calories, like easily over a thousand and it's an entire, basically an entire, if you, if you ration it, it's an entire day's worth of food. And that's $7 for me to buy. An MRE is $7 at the local store. Is that for so you way, to buy? Or could anybody for me buy, to buy $7? Literally, like if I were to go and buy an MRE at the store and it could be any civilian, if you walk into like a military surplus store or anything like that, you can buy an MRE for like $7 and it's literally an entire day's worth of food. Interesting. That I don't know if I want to carry a bunch of MREs around in my glove in my car, And then though. I keep a, one in my glove compartment with a bottle of water. And then whenever I see a homeless person, I go, here's a... And then if when I use that, then I just go in my trunk and I go to my stash. And I keep it underneath my trunk. You know, by your spare tire, there's like a space underneath the floor. Oh, to your spare I got gotcha. tire. Like your you MREs just, you just and don't your have a spare tire? fit by the tire. What's that? <laughs> you just don't have a spare tire? No, it, I have a spare tire, but there's still a space in between the tire and the top, like the little cardboard thing that goes over the top. Uh, see, I have way too much junk in my trunk. I have way too much stuff in my trunk to even like think about accessing that area unless I absolutely need to. Like, well, I can, it's like I can whenever, live on my car like, if I needed to. Yeah, and so I keep a bunch of MREs and bottled waters in my back and like my spare space. So that way, whenever I use the glove compartment, I just restock the glove compartment. And then whenever I come across some homeless person, I go, hey, are you hungry? Do you want some food? Um, and they say, yeah. Then I pass them an MRE. That way, like, they'll eat longer. Um, That's fair. I mean, I don't, like, and then there's some people that hand out cash, and it depends on the homeless person whether that's a good choice or not. Like, some people, the, another way to look at it is um, it's hard to get, uh, like, something started or something going by people just giving you food. So, like, if you wanted to start, like, a small business selling something, you can't really do that when people just give you food. Yeah, right? So, um, do so I go I with, like, the other thought I had was, like, $5 Walmart cards. Because that way, like, no matter what they need, food, clothing, whatever, it's now useful for them. The only downside with that as well as cash is the fact that they could spend it on alcohol and that kind of stuff, which... Honestly, if a person has a really funny ass sign saying like, not going to lie, all donations will go to alcohol. I might give that guy $5 anyway, because he's funny. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like it, it's probably better spent not going towards that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. And like, I, in or just south of um, the, the, po- the base here, um, basically we see homeless people 
and it's and it depends on the weather too. Um, if it's like really nice weather, they'll be everywhere. And if it's like kind of weather, like it's hard to find some. So that makes me think like, um, where are these homeless people going? Are they truly homeless people? Or are they just out here when it's convenient for them? Like I don't understand what's going on because I know that there's a big thing with people, especially in this area, um, being part of a like a, there's like a group here that that basically make signs they go out and i i think they're i think i was talking to my girlfriend earlier and she calls them like irish settlers or something like that where they it's just like a group of people and they travel around and they're just like traveling beggars and i don't i don't really understand that lifestyle but um i, I don't know like whether i should be helping them or not i, I just don't know because actually that's funny you say that because i know in santorini when my wife and I were there for our honeymoon, like there were signs everywhere saying like, do not give quote unquote homeless people anything. Uh, they're not, there's plenty of jobs here. We want to, we want to hire more people. There's actually a shortage of workforce. Like you're only, you know, encouraging them to continue to do nothing instead of get a job because they're like, there's plenty of jobs. So can yeah. I jump in on that note and be the horrible human being that I am? No, not today. I want to hear it. No. Okay, go ahead. So I've I've read a fair amount on on both sides, and frankly, I don't trust either side because I've read all kinds of articles of uh, people who claim to be, um, you know, well-informed or have gone to a city and, uh, you know, straight up asked people what they do homeless people, what they do with the money they receive or, um, you know, gone undercover or this or that. And they, they all have a, a really good story of, no, they actually need food and, and no, they actually need help. And, you know, those are all ha heartfelt things that make us all want to give. But I've also read those things that and, and seen those things that uh, um, living in Minneapolis, you know, bad things are happening. Uh, people are giving these homeless folks uh, money and uh, it, it, I've seen a couple different angles because I've been to California where people will just walk with you if you're walking near the beach and they'll strike up a conversation and midway through it or halfway through it uh, they reveal their intention and not that I didn't know from the beginning uh, that they they like some money and they can be very complimentary I think my dad and I were walking uh, we were in California for the Rose Bowl and of course, all the tourists are, are in town and uh, we're all, you know, giant bullseyes on our backs. And uh, this gentleman walked with us and uh, we, for whatever reason, were checking out the basketball courts. And uh, he, he was very complimentary of my father and said he was a, a power forward and, you know, more than capable of playing in, you know, whatever league and blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, can I have some money? And I, I don't think we gave him anything, but uh, there was that. And then there's also the uh, quote unquote rappers trying to make it who are like, oh yeah, free CD. And you're like, oh, all right, free dude, CD. Cool. There's those guys and, in oh, downtown by the way, Chicago. Donations. Where they where they're selling CDs, uh, giving them away for free, but then asking for money after. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally gave a guy five dollars for a CD. I have it. I listened to it all the way when home I, from Chicago. I didn't. Dad got pissed, so then he gave him five bucks because I think he didn't want to get mugged after the fact. Uh, but oh, like you um, took the CD and you were like, "Nah, I'd rather not." Yeah, like you, you're giving away free CDs. I'm sorry, you're stupid, but um, yeah. So I guess I've seen that side of it, and I've seen um, in Minneapolis. There's a bad area, and I went to watch a play with some friends. And after that play, uh, we, we spill out onto the streets, and it was late at night. 
And uh, there was clearly a deranged lady who was in withdrawal from whatever drug is her drug of choice. And she is like sniffing and tweaking out in my face. Megan was flipping out and I was just making sure I stood between her and Megan. And uh, I, I just stood my ground. My hero. Like, she, she came up to us and, and was you know in our face. And it's like people were paying her just to get her out of their face because she knew she was disgusting. Like she had her hand down her ass just... Like she's sniffing, snorting, tweaking out like you wouldn't believe. And like I stood there, I stood my ground. And then uh, another man just looked at me and you just kind of had that. Yep, this is happening moment. And he's just looked at me and said, yeah, she needs some kind of help. But, um, you know, there's there's someone like that that clearly is on drugs and and needs help. And then there's, you know, the people I've seen while I I used to take the metro to uh, to work. And every morning at the end of the end of the line, which is where I got on, they would clear out the homeless people so the business people can get to work and not be harassed by the homeless people who slept on the metro all night. So I, I've seen a lot of different sides. And uh, Megan is a much kinder heart than myself. And, you know, she is you know pro giving socks or something like that uh, that are useful, especially in a, in a northern climate. But if I can step away from you know whether or not you give or don't give. I just want to look at the bigger picture and say, okay, right now is fantastic. It is as good as it has been in quite some time. Uh, After the quote unquote great recession or whatever you want to call it uh, in the late 2008, 2009 timeframe, you know, things are on track. There's a a Republican uh, in in office for president and um generally that means good things for business now uh, regardless of what you feel republican democrat blah 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 um the economy is doing very well and i have experience with a number of organizations that are struggling to find work and there are sob stories that i've read in the paper uh, about um our hometown uh, appleton wisconsin where uh, and i can only imagine i mean in appleton i'm, I'm sure there are people in need but you got a lot of spoiled people who just don't understand the world. Um, some people were begging uh, off the uh, side of a highway uh, on 41 and uh, a local uh, business owner, I believe it was Taco Bell or someone like that, came up to him and offered him a job, said, hey, I, I can't hire people. I, I, I need people to work. Come work for me. And they said no. It's like, then so get then, out of here. So then the story was that the the entrepreneur then took a sign um, and stood next to him until they left. And it basically said, offered them a job. They wouldn't take it. And of course they didn't get any huh. money then. Um, but granted that's, that's one story I read. I, I don't know all the facts. I just know that in our area of the world where we're from, that's not so much a, a major problem as in cities like Minneapolis, Chicago, what have you. But in the grander scheme, so- there are, there are jobs, there are availability. Yes. You have to pass a background check for better jobs, but there are a lot of jobs you don't have to pass a background check for. You just have and to show up on time. That's basically so it for a lot of jobs. Have to show up. I mean, you, you can smell bad. You can do this. Um, doesn't matter. And there's all kinds of lovely, great stories about entrepreneurs or, you know, restaurant owners, you know, people asking for food and then putting in them to work doing dishes and they, they're felons. So they can't get hired other places. And, you know, those are great people who, who, take a risk and, you know, hopefully have a great story to tell about helping someone out of the slum. But for every one of those, there's just a lot of pieces of crap human beings out there. And I, I refuse to, I refuse to help 
in the way of handouts. I, I will help someone find a job. I, I love building resumes to the point of irritating my friends and family. What's your past experience? Well, I'm really good at pushing shopping carts. <laughs> I worked at Home Depot pushing shopping carts in high school. I loved it. It was great. They're hiring right now. There are signs everywhere at businesses just like that. Um, you know, if you have physical limitations, they work with that. Uh, the, the labor market is is I, I th what is unemployment right now? I think it's like four percent somewhere around like that. Four percent, three percent, something like that. And and that's you know it'll boom seasonally. Where as uh, Black Friday approaches and that season comes, you know you can't companies can't hire enough people, even though they're piles of crap. I mean it's temporary work, but I mean there are jobs out there. You can do something and. You work enough temporary jobs and you will get hired for a permanent job. You have, to, you have to show up on time. Like, I understand that's difficult for some people and, you know, transportation and this and that and the other thing. But um, I am. If I, if I may, I though, you gave the example of the person that has a, you know, didn't want to take the job working at a restaurant. And that's I think that's only a segment of that homeless population. I think it's a much broader issue than just the very visible people you might see on the corners. And that that's, that's definitely issues on their own. But I think there's also a big problem of homelessness of the people that they don't have a home. And if you don't have a place that you can like put down as a permanent address as a job, like, and you're just going from couch to couch, like it's really hard to get a job, you know, you get to like, where are they going to contact you? Well, I don't live anywhere. Like I don't have a cell phone. I don't have this, like these things. And I, I feel like there's, there's this population that's very vocal and, and they do those things like drugs. And, and that's, that's definitely a major issue. And I think there's an, another group that you don't see and that are trying to get jobs or they have jobs. Maybe they're working a, a bunch of jobs, like three or four jobs, but the rent is, they still can't pay rent or they have massive debt because they made bad decisions. You know, and like, it's, it's just one of those things that's really hard to, so if I may, I'll this pivot. segment into like not every person that's homeless. Is, before we think, pivot off of homelessness, not a bad worker. I'll say if if I may, before we pivot off of homelessness, I think Dylan. I don't know if you want to share, but I think you had a pretty good story with your dad and a homeless person or something. Um, in, I believe that was a homeless I mean, person. I've, I've had a uh, a lot of interesting, um, a lot of interesting interactions with homeless people in my past. Um, but I think were you talking about my stepdad, Kyle? Maybe where he like helped out a homeless Nashville. person and then yes. so down here in Nashville, um, there was there's a lot of homeless people and my stepdad, he like he just moved down here, like maybe like this was like when he first moved down here and he he was like getting to know like the homeless people around the apartment building they were living in, and um, and he like met one homeless person that he like really clicked with like he became like really good friends with this dude. And they ended up like taking him into their apartment and like feeding them and like and feeding this this guy and like then like he actually ended up bringing this homeless guy up to the apartment and watched the Super Bowl with this homeless guy and this was like a couple of years ago and um and they became really close and he like he gave this homeless guy like two hundred dollars to like get back on his feet and like kind of figure himself out and then um he disappeared for like a little while and and Dan my stepdad kind of looked into it and he like didn't know where this guy went. And, uh, and they saw on the paper, like a, little, a couple days later that like this homeless guy got killed. Like he got like killed outside their apartment building. Like 
and uh and he was like super upset about it because this is like a friend that he got to know and like plus it's right outside his uh, apartment building yeah so <laughs> that's that also that's scary. a sketchier part almost yeah and i was all right and another so that was just one interaction um so another thing i was walking through seattle yesterday and i don't know if you've been to seattle but there's like a lot of homeless people there. I, i've been to seattle and brent if lives I'm in seattle <laughs> If I'm at you're in Seattle and you come, you haven't stopped by to say hi. I didn't what? know you live in Seattle, actually. Oh yeah, I live in Seattle. For <laughs> look at that. That's are you really in Seattle right now? No, I I flew back this morning. Ah, oh, that was a misconnection right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> no. I didn't know. Well, yeah, for, everybody's, for everybody's future yeah. reference and for the for the benefit of the audience, I Kyle live near Denver. Uh, Nick <laughs> lives uh, in the Minneapolis area. Dylan is in the army, so he can be anywhere in the world. And Brent's over in Seattle. Now right. we know. All right, now I know. Sorry, if I ever go back to Seattle, now I know that you live there. Next time, but, next uh, time. Yeah, I'll have to swing by. And anyways, um, there was a lot of homeless people, and we went down to the not the war, but uh, I'm trying to think of the fish market down there. Do you know? Yeah, the yeah. Name, Brent? Pike's Place. Anyway, Pike's Place. Yeah, I was down at Pike's Place, and obviously there's a lot of homeless people on the steps in between the wharf and Pike's Place. And I didn't know that there was a there. There was like a homeless, um, must be a, a a soup kitchen or something. But there was like a line of homeless people, and I like didn't even recognize that they're you homeless. Just got like everyone, well, no, I didn't. <laughs> I almost did. Uh, my girlfriend kind of like dragged me to the side and was like, "What are you doing?" I was, I was like, "Well, I don't know what they're. I wanted to see what they're lining up for, and because I was thought maybe it was some show. Like, ev- like all the homeless people, like they all have raincoats. Um, obviously, I didn't even put it together, but they looked, they looked like normal people. Which they, I mean, obviously they're normal people, but they looked like just normal civilians. So I didn't even recognize that they were homeless people. And I like how you referred to everybody else as civilians and now. I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I was, I was going to get in line and see what was going on. And she's like, that's a homeless shelter. Like, they're trying to get food. And I, like, didn't even realize it. Anyways, there was one home, there was one homeless person that stuck out in my mind from this trip. And he was sitting underneath a bridge. And it was like a bridge going from the wharf um, up to the street. And it was like a just like a walking bridge. Um, underneath an overpass and he was sitting there playing a game on his tablet and i was like um that's kind of interesting like it just kind of stuck out of my mind like i've never seen a homeless person playing on a tablet so i i don't know it was just i thought it was interesting and i thought i'd bring it up because i've just never seen it this is why seattle is called free Seattle. that seattle has a actually like a huge uh homeless person issue uh I don't know if Brent wants to touch on it, but I did. I watched a document documentary on it not yeah. too long ago. That's like an hour. It was a good documentary. the The transition music got a little old pretty quick, but uh, they're 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 very um, dramatic. I will say that that whole new station. People? No, the stu- there's a there's a station in Seattle called Cairo. Um, it does like TV, and they have a radio channel, and they're very outspoken and and convinced that Seattle is dying. And they're going to be pushing that what Seattle is doing, what the government's doing is basically what Kyle's saying is making it a free Seattle where they're encouraging homelessness. And it's it's just I think it's a problem that they haven't figured out how to solve yet. And um, it's probably not. I mean, maybe it is more dramatic than like it deserves to be. But they dramatize things, basically. They, they make it 
like apocalypse. All right, Nick, let's pivot us out of uh, homelessness. Well, we're we're kind of moving in that in that direction. So there's there's a uh, a uh, what's the what is Brent? What's the word for what Brent does? Freeaddle. No, where he transitions and he has it all old fashioned most of the time. Um, no, what I was going to say more on, on the nailed the that homeless, transition, Nick. Well, right. I'm saying I couldn't remember what 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 it's called, and I'm not segue. trying to make a perfect transition. Segue. Perfect segue. Yeah, That's the word. Way, whatever. Um, at any rate, what I was going to go into is is regarding this unseen population of you know suffering homeless people, and I, I guess I almost acknowledge that I I am I am a privileged white man. Um, I. I have not had to struggle. My parents uh, both did a, a great job of raising me, educating me, taking care of me, teaching me right from wrong, and providing for me financially in ways that most people don't have or, or never will have, which um, you know probably mitigates a lot of my opinion. But I'll share it nonetheless. Uh, you are a product of, of your decisions. Defense of my upbringing from a privileged point of view, I will share that uh, if if I didn't have the options I did for college, if uh, my family weren't able to assist in that endeavor for my betterment, um, my plan was to go into the military. And my dad shared with me that that was his backup plan too. Um, if he didn't get a scholarship for basketball, which he did, he was going to go into the military. And my thought was, the, the same train of thought. Like I have backup plans on backup plans. That's, that's what I do. If an intruder breaks into my house right now, I have six different ways to get to my gun and I have, you know, at least five different escape routes. Like I, I think about this stuff. I'm, I'm a freak. I get it. But for life planning, you know, I look at this and I say, okay, you graduate high school and you need to have a plan. And I didn't know what I wanted to be. I still don't know, you know, how I want to get where I want to get. I know I want to have a certain level of success as I define it, but my decisions are are what will drive th- that happening. And there's two schools of thought. There's, you know, everything happens to me and, you know, I can't control anything. Or there's, no, I make the decisions and, you know, some things don't go my way, but it's a product of the decisions that I've made to put myself in, in, in a certain position. So uh, when you have someone who didn't try in school or, didn't take things seriously. Like I feel a little bit bad because not everyone understands that the world is a a harsh place. And okay, once mommy and daddy are done paying bills, you got to figure shit out. Um, you know, it's 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 hard. Not everyone was raised well, and uh, there's all kinds of things going on with millennials who are really struggling, uh, and it's struggling in a lot of ways. There's school debt, and um, you know, we were the first generation seemingly raised with participation trophies. So everyone's upset that, you know, throughout their entire growth, you know, they always got a participation ribbon ribbon for showing up to the soccer tournament because that's what everyone did in Appleton uh, as a kid. Everyone at least played soccer for a year or two. But yeah, I was going everyone always got a ribbon. Everyone, everyone always showed up. And now you're showing up to your first job after college or after high school and your boss rips you a new rear end and you don't know how to handle it handle constructive criticism or criticism period 
So you end up quitting or you can't find a job or you, you went to college for a fancy, you know, you got a fancy degree that has, you know, three job openings and there's 14 universities in the country that have 50 students graduating every year in that area. And there's, they're fighting for three jobs. Like you just made bad choices and you, you have to figure it out. You have to be willing to work a job you don't like. You have to be willing to take a job that pays uh, 28,000 a year rather than saying, oh, well, I went to college and, you know, I should be making, you know, 60, 70, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. Um, and there's all kinds of articles in the news that, you know, millennials are killing this or millennials doing that. And, uh, what I'd like to segue to here is the new proposal by Elizabeth Warren. Senator that was a long Elizabeth segue. <laughs> well, I'm taking us from homeless people and people who haven't figured things out to the news of the week. Which is Elizabeth Warren? Is it Nick's nice news? If I may, wait. It, if I may, I don't want it. I don't want it. Don't play it. God damn it! it is now if I may, though. If I may, Brent, you're interrupting Nick's nutty news. I know, I know. But with his segue, he did make points that I'll let slide this time. But I, I think in a lot of cases too, some of the issues with what you're saying is that school, especially more recently, has been teach the teach the test. We have to get these kids ready for college. And they don't do a, a very good job of getting people ready. We had one semester do you like out to know of why? all of semesters of personal financial management. Yeah. Do you like to know why? Why? Education is run by the left. So when the right's there. Okay, the and we're in too. The, the left does not live in the real world. It is now time well, for education. All right. Nutty news. Elizabeth Warren is running for president and part of her presidential campaign is a bomb dropped for all of the whiny millennials saying I have too much school debt. And um, <laughs> that's that shows where I stand on it. Uh, truth be told, uh, it would be intriguing to see something like this happen um, beyond the the outlook of, of what this costs financially or, or what this means for um you know, competition. It's, it's, um, for me, it's best play to win a demographic of the voting population that I don't think is that important. Maybe that's my hot take or my different view outside of the politics of it. Um, she's making a real push as a woman, which is, you know, a big move. Hillary came close last year, uh, to, to seal the younger generations. And of course, that's the future. That's this. But, I don't know that she'll be able to rally enough of that area, even though that's her target. I still am a believer that the middle-aged and elderly, um, and I'm not going to define those because I, I don't know what I'm talking about enough to define those, um, control the voting. They are the people who are active. Those are the people who are concerned more so than the youth. It's a great effort to get the youth involved, which have great numbers and potential. But when you're going against a, a Bernie Sanders or someone else like that, um, like Bernie, like Bernie. Right. I, I think I think people are going to struggle unless they have a, a, a gimmick like this that is so huge to such a huge population. So I, what I are your think, thoughts on this? I think part of why she's going for the strategy is that there was um, by appealing to the demographic, there has been minor successes uh, throughout uh, like the House and Senate. I know Alabama voted out like a Republican and put in a Democrat. 
um, based off of more of these, I think what sh- group Elizabeth Warren's trying to get to, like what she's segueing in. But I, I do agree. I, I think that the people that got Trump into the candidacy, that's still a really strong voting base. And that's going to be tough for any Democrat that doesn't have all these different opposing sides together. Like the Republicans have advantage because it's all pretty much you're either with Trump or you're not. It's not many segments. But I think when you get to the left, it's a lot. It's very segmented. And I think unless you can appeal to more than just like the millennials or more than just one minority, it's it's going to be really challenging. If it's I a, may, it's a I, tough I completely thing. agree. Uh, this makes her a contender, though, because it's 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 going to it impacts such a huge portion, a huge demographic that the the left is desperate to win over. I could see someone like Bernie Sanders, who I think will be the winner uh, on that side, um, taking over you know, this proposal and, uh, you know, endorsing it fully and and saying that he will uh, push that through as part of his platform. I I would absolutely see something like that. Um, If I may, and maybe this is an off podcast topic we should talk about, but I personally don't like listening to podcast to not podcast to politics. So I'm not sure if we should be getting into politics. Uh, if yep, I may, that's what I got. I'll uh, I'll shoot Ooh. in here. And are we going? Uh, meta- are we going to go on a medic discussion here? Or are we going to just let that slide? If I may, I'd like yeah. to shoot in here and uh, and say that the military will pay off any student loans that you have, and will pay for higher education if you choose. To, if you choose. So, Dylan, are they paying for your student loans now, even though you graduated um, before no, going to the military? I most of my student loans are already paid off before I enlisted. Um, so they, I didn't qualify. But if you say you just graduated college and you decide that call that military is for you, for like for example, um, like I said, I had almost all my student loans paid off already before I enlisted. But some people, like myself, will choose the military directly after college just because uh, I just didn't want to be in a civilian job at the time. Um, some people will finish college and they have student loans and they join the military. And the military literally has a student loan relief where they pay off your student loans um, and then for just for being in the military. And then uh, in the future, uh, for example, I have the option once I hit E6, once I become a staff sergeant, which isn't that far, um, because going into the military after college, you can go in as an E4, a specialist. So two more ranks, which is easily doable in just a couple of years. The military will literally pay for you to go get your master's. So it'll cost nothing for me to go get my master's. So that's like, can you go anywhere that you're accepted or is there, what's the limitation there? Um, so, so, uh, if I choose to go get my master's, I can go anywhere I want. Um, and there's like a list depending on my MOS, there's like a list of, of, um, majors or what is it? Master's programs. That oh, I can that choose. makes sense for your career. Um, with so, military. so yeah, so I could either boost my career and, and honestly, I, it's in, it's a lot of career paths that I could use as a civilian as well after I get out. So it's super helpful. Um, but basically what I would do is I would just go and I, I'm sure you remember students at Platteville where we went and they'd be in uniform or whatever. Basically I could go to school for two years and I, they would pay for my housing. I'd go to school full time. And then after my two years is up, then I would go back to my unit and continue work with my master's degree. So, and, but there, of course there's requirements like you have to keep a certain GPA 
Um, you can't fail any classes, that kind of stuff. So um, there's that. But they will literally pay for your masters. So if I if I may, really quick, you bring mm-hmm. up an interesting point, and I think this goes back to the Elizabeth Warren thing almost, is like you do, the military is, or armies is paying for you to go to school or, or will pay back loans and that kind of thing. But they're also getting a pretty significant commitment out of you. So with That's this true. new plan, you can't just expect the government to be like, we'll forgive your loans. There's got to be some sort of commit. There's got to be strings attached, I would assume. Yeah, assuming like, you're what above would a those B, strings be G- attached, GPA you know? or like, something like that. You, well, you just can't get something for nothing, too. Like, they can't afford yeah, of to. Course we have no to put one... in our time. Like, you yeah, are exactly. you're required to put in, like, everyone's required to put in, put in time. Um, so basically, invest- what happened is basically. after it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly, it's an investment. So that's kind of way to look at everything, even like training exercises, all stuff. It's an investment on the military's part and my, and people in their soldiers' experience. Um, so by them sending me to school, um, and getting a higher education, obviously, uh, I think what, so obviously I have to keep a certain GPA and pass and gain, gain my credits and get my degree. Um, but then I think I have an, an extended yearly requirement that I have to fulfill. So basically, it just extends my contract, which is not a big deal, especially if you plan on doing a full 20 years until retirement. So for me, someone like me that is planning on staying in, like it's a obvious, hands down great deal because it sounds like um, the military is willing to invest in me and my future. Um, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't cost me any, and it's a great experience for me. And it, and after I get out, then I can use that experience to kind of help my civilian c- career as well. Does so if sense? I, yeah, no, that's great. Um, if, if I may, uh, I, I fully support the, the military path. Like I said, if I didn't have the advantages that I did, um, that was the route I, I would have gone. And I, and I, frankly, I, I think I would have liked it. I think I would have liked it a lot, given my personality. And Kyle, for your sake, I'll, I'll stay off of politics. I, I guess I support that that general notion. But in the in the sense of just sharing or making my statement, I pick on the left a lot. Uh, I will state very broadly, without anything specific, I firmly believe that the left is an idealist view. If you're looking at how the world ought to be run is right i uh not right as incorrect not right as the left is right but um see what i did there yeah that was wrong uh the left is correct in the sense that we should all be singing kumbaya we should not be taking advantage of people um everyone should be equal and everything should be you know fantastic however i i I firmly believe that reality and if we were to as a country lean that far left um, we would be a happier people. However, I am a believer in evil within the world and mm-hmm. does not have a backbone to deal with that. Uh, quite frankly, the right is, you know, overly aggressive, overly strong, but the left are sheep, the left are sheep, the right are wolves is how I look at it. And I want to be a wolf. Um, now I want to behave in a, a sheep like manner. Pretty I want political to... here, Nick. No, no, this is <laughs> just good. This is a good analogy. Go for it, Nick. I, I approve. Right. I, I'm, I'm just stating that if I you're left, left you're line, weak. Like, if you're right, you're strong. That's the analogy Nick just made. Basically, if playing... you if you lean to the left at all, you're a weakling. Is what Nick but, just said. But, but there's I, no I, question I as how he feels. There's no question about how the he feels. Yeah, he's laying it left. out. There. I would love 
to live in a world that leans left, but I don't believe in it. And therefore I lean right. Now, uh, did I vote for Trump? No, I didn't. Um, did I vote for anyone in the last election? No, because I'm a horrible human being and you can capture it for it. <laughs> there you but go. I, I if you don't vote, Trump, you do I don't not have that. the, if I may, if you do not vote, this is one thing I do believe in politically is if you do not vote, you have no right to complain either yeah, way. No, I, I agree. Yeah, and I, you know, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. all right. So I'm reading about Elizabeth because I, I don't follow pol- politics. I don't read the news. I just, I don't really like reading the news. So I have no idea even who she is. Uh, I'm reading about her right now, and obviously you're talking about her plan to uh, eliminate uh, tuition and student debt. Um, it sounds like to me like she's trying to extend high school. It, like, isn't that exactly. isn't that the, isn't That's... that exactly what her she's going for? Is basically yes, unintentionally yes. World, and this is this goes this segues perfectly. Thank you. If I can just take the lead on this. In an ideal world, you're right. We would all have access to go to Harvard. We would all be going to Duke and supporting their basketball team. We'd all go to Alabama and support their football team. And everyone has access. But okay, you take the tuition factor out of it. Now it's down to standardized testing and acceptance. There's already, you know, scandals for people getting into different schools. You are you are essentially taking college and saying Nope, this is an extension of high school. It's you know something that should happen. And the first thing that's going to happen is all the good professors are, are going to go work for a private school somewhere else. And those are going to be the schools everyone wants to get into because college is now high school continued. Uh, it, it's an absolute if, joke. If I may, there was that famous song that said high school never ends. Uh, but yeah, you was... did bring up. <laughs> I had to do that. I couldn't... It was too good. So Things I... kill me. I just want to to further drive that. Dude, if I down. may, Brent. We're talking about the. Well, hold on, Brent. Segway. We're holding about. I'm sorry, Brent. Segways are the best. Continue. But we're talking about the left here and Elizabeth Warren, right? And it made me think back, and I realized that I just left behind the last 26 years of my life, and I'm moving forward onto my 27th. Last week was my birthday, and. Goodbye, the first 26. Welcome, 27. I left that life behind. I'm, I'm on a new path now, as, as is Kyle. As, as is Kyle. So, um, Great what job, I was thinking, I'm very proud of you. thinking about birthdays. Segways right? to his own birthday. What, what was everybody's <laughs> favorite birthdays party that they had? Like, you always have that one, like, really great birthday party. What was the guy's favorite birthday? That's, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Now, um, <laughs> Dylan, quick question regarding the military, and I want your opinion. Do you okay. believe that whole wow. country would benefit from all serving in the military, similar to other countries, where you're required oh, to do oh, a, a certain amount of stint? I, just, I actually want to bring birthday. this up tonight, and uh, happy birthday, Brent. Uh, I wanted to bring this happy up. Happy birthday, Brent. <laughs> Ignore your question. I'm I actually wanted to bring this to up. And I'm candles of happiness, but uh, so I was actually just talking this about my family, and I've been talking this to my girlfriend because this is uh, I'm actually a huge supporter of this. T minus seven minutes I, to Game of Thrones time. I know I'm I'm super excited for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm I was actually going to bring this up tonight uh, and see get your guys' opinions because I'm a huge supporter of the a mandatory like mandatory military service for a limited number of years because um, I think. I think, or the way I feel, is that as soon as you graduate high school, you're not truly an adult yet, and a lot of people don't know what they want to do with their lives. And I think I, think I support like, this. This is why I asked. And I think that 
maybe like two years of mandatory military service will do a lot of good to this country. Um, because it's only two years. It's not going to end your life. Like it's not, it's not going to be, it's only two years. So nope. it's, uh, honestly, it's, if I may, I, if I did not get a job coming straight out of college, I would have definitely considered the military that like, I literally have been into military recruiting for both air force and army. And both of them basically said I can have whatever job I want. Um, mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where it's like, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be totally in for that. Like I wouldn't, because I got a job, army slash military wasn't a consideration. But if I didn't, I think that I would have seriously considered it, especially if you said that you were going in. Um, as far as uh, other countries that do that, I think, and I guess this is slightly towards my political view, but more towards just personally affecting me. I am a huge gun owner advocate. I believe that everybody should be able to own and probably should own a gun, especially uh, with including the learning portion of that. You can't, I don't want anybody to just own a gun, but if you have that learning portion, I'm totally in for it. But there's, I forgot if it's like Iceland or something has the lowest uh, house breaking in crime rate. Uh, It's because you go down the street and after you're done with the military, you get your firearm. So you, uh, somebody's walking mm-hmm. on the street. They know that house has a gun and that house has a gun and that house has a gun. They all have guns and they all have somebody in them that knows how to use it. So it's, I like, like that. And, and also if, I think being in the military gives you a greater appreciation for firearms. Um, because well, yeah. you're, you're trained on how to use it, especially if main, like main weapons, sidearms, like you get training with all that and you know how dangerous it can be. Like there's accidents that happen all the time people you know are killed all the time like you have a greater appreciation for like for weapons you know what i'm saying if, if i may along you know weapon safety and everything else like that which would be a byproduct certainly how many people can you guys think of and i don't want names or i don't want numbers just you know because we don't want to you know, throw anyone under the bus but how many people can you think of that were actually ready for life after high school now there's no the view did. of no. okay you can throw them into college and they can figure things out or they can go into the real world or they can join the military. But if they're forced to join the military in, in some way, shape or form, that more than anything else will, if, for lack of a better term, sober these kids up, these whiny brats who don't know anything, uh, who you know want everything to be spoon fed to them. You know, if, if they're all of a sudden have to wake up at 6 a.m. and go for a run, I don't care if it's the, the fat kid. I, I was a chunky kid in high school. If I, if I take, you know, an extra 10 minutes to go finish this run and I'm suffering, great. There's going to be a whole group of us. There's going to be a lot of us in that mm-hmm. category. But something to you know, force responsibility into the hands of the up-and-coming generation because right now they go through high school. Everyone get their gets their participation ribbons. And then they're thrown into the real world. And the first thing they do when things don't go right are their managers up their rear end or they find out they have to pay for insurance or, you know, they have loans outstanding. They just whine and complain on social media and, and they want to quit. And then they turn out to be that homeless person on your couch. If I may, I, I think I, I love the, the discipline aspect of it and it really teaches you how to, to grow up. But I think I would struggle with uh, like joining the military is nothing or something I've never really ever wanted to do because I don't ever want to be part of something like kill. And that's not something that happens a lot. And those, we do need that for protection, but like 
me personally, I'd rather have people that like, I don't want to go out and be a part of something that ends up with someone dying, even if it's protect some, you know, it's just one of those things. Where it's like, it's not in a life plan. And then, I know it's a lot more than that, but I feel like morally, like that'd be so many yeah i would i would do something i may support but even then it's like your actions so would be yeah supporting. if i may brent i know dylan will I'd probably have dylan will have much more insight into this but there's jobs in the military where you're not even close to the firing of weapons at all not like, even not even that but thinking like that it's you know even just being you do this. What, thing, what if you, your job you is to make sure it goes into this? You're, you're not in charge of killing anybody, but your job is to make sure that everybody stays safe or like to help our guys get home. What? Yeah, you know, like the, your like job is to get the people home or something. That would be that would be more up my alley. Um, so, and if that was the option, like that would be fine. But the other half, I would. I, I, I want sure to talk on this, little. Brent. So, not, uh, yeah. so I feel the same way you do. I came into the military. Um, and I, knowing full well that I do not want to shoot at anyone, like I, I don't want to be responsible for killing someone. I just can't. I don't know if I would be able to deal with killing someone. Now, if I had to, if someone was shooting at me, you better believe I'm gonna shoot back because they're trying to kill me or my friends. Um, but I don't, I don't want to be in that situation. And uh, and I knew right away that I really, I'm not really one to shoot at people. Like I don't want to be that person. And I would much rather be the person that flies into combat to try to get someone out that's injured. So, like, I knew I've always wanted to work on aircrafts. I knew I wanted to work with helicopters. Um, but I never, this whole time yeah. I've been in the military, I don't want to be the one to shoot. I want to be the one flying to go. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have on this podcast the best Battlefield 3 helicopter pilot in the world. Wait, really? All right. Uh, no. <laughs> He's the one guy that's the healer support. He was always so, a pilot. Note on uh, that, and, and I'll I'll drop it after this because I could I could keep this conversation going forever. I I love this. It's Game, Game of Thrones of time. Right, Game of Thrones no, time. No, I want my final note. To associate yourself as as a quote unquote non member of the military, you feel like it's not your fault. Whereas I feel as a citizen of the United States. Anything and everything the military does, you're responsible for as a voting citizen. Granted, I didn't vote for president, so I'm a horrible human being. But this this idea that you can disassociate yourself and say, oh, I'm not part of the military. I'd never hurt anybody. I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I get it. I, I, there's a lot of people like that, certainly. But I, I, I don't I don't support the disassociation, if that makes yeah. any sense. But, but that, to that point, if you're forced into the military – because of a national thing, you can kind of take that away. And then if you are on the uh, helping our people get out of a situation or making sure they stay alive rather than the direct doing of damage. I, I the know. way, the way I look at it is if you have a two year qu commitment out of high school, you have a two year commitment. Uh, with my experience in the military, you will probably not even get a deployment under your belt in two years. Um, so you won't even be in a situation where, you'll be overseas um and basically uh it'll kind of give you that that footstep into the military to either decide that you get out in two years and continue your civilian life choices um or you might find that you really enjoy it and you might want to stay in and get some more experience in the military so like um i'm trying to remember where i was going with this but it's only two years uh so 
like I said, you probably wouldn't get a deployment on your belt, and it's not it's not really a huge chunk of your life taken away by serving your country. I don't really see it as a big deal, and it's a great opportunity to give kids a chance to grow up a little bit and kind of figure out what they want to do with their life because what I found is like the military is a great melting pot of different people from around the world, and you kind of get experience with different people and different experience. Like there's lots of people that I know like – Half the people shrimp in my stew, unit have, de- have degrees and stuff, and like, what's that, Kyle? No, was, was, he made a he made a, a Forrest Gump reference, and I was thinking the exact same <laughs> thing, like Tex. I never figured out where he was from. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just speaking, saying there's lots of different people. Speaking of militaries and militia and uh, killing things or things that are already potentially dead, it is time. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, you better believe we got the music. Who wants that to start us off this week? Who wants it? I'll take it if nobody else wants it. You do the honors. Game of Thrones Season 8 Episode 2 has released. Um, I was kind of hoping, I had heard already that there was no Winterfell battle, but I was kind of hoping there would be at least something or like the start of it, and then the end of the battle would be kind of like a two towers kind of scenario where... Uh, this other army or something else shows up that turns the tides or either for either direction, I guess. Uh, but we, we got no battling more setup. Uh, again, good episode, solid episode. I, I would say episode one was probably a little bit more solid as far as, um, things happening. Uh, not too much happened this episode. The only major thing I would say is that Jamie showed up and they had lots of talks around him. Um, and the, I guess the only other major thing, and it's not even really plot pushing, except I think it's now her card in being able to be killed off next episode is Brienne getting knighted. I think uh, this episode was setting up a lot of characters to be able to be killed uh, because their storylines kind of wrapped up a little bit. So I'd say Brienne is one of those where her story is now a little wrapped up. She could die. Um, Jamie, maybe they kind of had a little bit of redemption stuff with him. So I would still like to see him kill Cersei. That's the, the common prediction out there, but, uh, I would also see him dying this episode, this next episode as well. Cause he hasn't got too many other loose ends to wrap up besides Cersei. I don't know. Do you, do you guys get that same feel? Um, I really didn't get I, I didn't really expect the battle to start this episode. I kind of expected it to be more of wrapping up loose ends. I did too. I just kind of, I hoped for it. Yeah, I just kind of assumed it wouldn't. And it, like, I saw it coming where, and uh, spoiler alerts, uh, spo- like the army like shows up at the very end. Like I, ex- I expected that, but I like, uh, I enjoyed that the, like the, oh my God, what's the, the, the guys from the North showing up at, at uh, Winterfell? The, um, so that's kind of cool that the, they all showed the up black, and the take the black. Wow, can't think. Yeah, yeah I know, same. But anyway, <laughs> so everyone kind of showed up that is supposed to be there, and now Night's they're kind of getting ready. For, Nailed yep, it. Yep, the next watch. Um. So yeah, so that was kind of cool. I think my favorite scene, obviously, was um, Brian getting knighted. Like that one, like pulled on the heartstrings. Um. So I thought that was like really good. Like I, I actually, my, I was watching it with my girlfriend. And I woke her up. I like. I was just like, "Babe, you need to watch this episode. This section. Like, it's <laughs> you so don't good. understand." I, I woke her up in the middle of the night, and I was just like, "You need to watch this," because uh, it was so. It was so good. Is she fully so caught was, up now? Oh yeah, she's been caught up. Okay, she's okay. been watching it with me. So, 
Um, but so far, yeah, this this episode was kind of slow. Um, but you're right; it just tied up a lot of a lot of loose ends, and uh, I'm really excited. Um, there's a the little scene with Arya that was kind of interesting. I yeah, I want to. Oh, amazing! If I may, if I make a quick, quick point, I made a prediction that there'd be something. She had that arrow; she'd be shooting a shaft. I didn't realize that the shaft was gonna go. I, I can't finish that. I'm sorry. That's bad. <laughs> but. Took a twist she ordered a shaft from uh, Gendry. <laughs> Gendry gave her the shaft. Oh, I love it. There is another kind of stabbing going on, and it wasn't quite the. Did you see that? Uh, than what I expected. Sophie Turner, uh, Sansa's actress. Her she uh, had like a, I think it was either Twitter or Instagram. She like posted a video about like Game of Thrones with getting into that Easter spirit with some hop hop hopping on that pussy. It was pretty funny. Really? Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> funny. Funny. All right, Nick, take us. Take us. I want to hear it, Nick. Yep. We need to hear. Nick's got at least ten minutes coming up right now. And it's yeah, what's the all, truth here? It's all going to be Game of Thrones up. goodness. What's the big twist? I, I don't have a a big twist. Um, a lot of people really liked this episode, and uh, unfortunately, I am I am not among them. Other than seeing uh, Macy uh, stripped down, I guess that was mildly intriguing. Um, but other than, <laughs> other than that, I, I thought it was I thought it was too neat. It was all just wrapped up in a bow. And I understand that, yeah, theoretically, in the next episode, a lot of these characters are going to die. But I keep thinking to myself, this is this is too neat. This is too nice. Like. If if it were written by George R. R. Martin, they would come screeching and sliding into Winterfell, and, and there wouldn't be time for these niceties. You wouldn't tie everything up perfectly. That's not what he does. It'd be short moments of, I I appreciate you, like the mutual understanding in the eyes, but they wouldn't have time to actually discuss it. So oh yeah, I, I gotta think. Why are they waiting for morning? They're dead. What what does night or morning mean like matter? Why don't they just take Winterfell whenever? Like, you bring up a good point. Wait, what? So like the the dead, the army of the dead is coming to Winterfell. They asked when they would be there. Waiting until the morning to attack. They're gonna be there. To, no, like, no, no, no. Uh, they will be before. Oh, morning. is that when they got? Yeah, there? they like, said when will they be here? And then the other guy said before probably before morning, up. like before the sun comes up. Yeah, he was giving so he was giving an estimate as far as when. Yeah, okay, okay, so they're gonna so get there. It'll, it'll be a. It'll be a night battle. Um, or at least but, the very beginning of it, like the good first part of it. In, between all the time warping and transportation of, you know, what it is they're doing, which... Uh, They've done better to, this year than last season, I will say. Maybe because we're warping. used to it from last season. Uh, but yes. Um, but then how everything just got wrapped up so nicely. I mean, it's cool to see the interactions between the characters. Um, you know, my, my, I, the, the other big note that I don't think anyone mentioned yet, uh, ghost made a, uh, an appearance. <laughs> Very important. Did, was there. that actually ghost or was that like a, a, an actual ghost appearing on the screen? I don't, I don't know. Well, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Dylan was, in the, it was pretty weak when, when yeah, the three night's weak. watch guys are standing on the wall, like overlooking ghost is standing right behind them. It's like, Oh, well, ghost is there. It's just like okay. I didn't right. even notice. Didn't didn't even move. As, it was probably stuffed. As super fans and a fan who has his dog named after Ghost. Um, we, I was ready to <laughs> riot last season when Jon Snow like came back to Winterfell and there was no, you know, at least greeting to his 
you know, companion who's been with him through everything in the Night's Watch. A huge deal that. for the first four seasons, five seasons, and then just and disappears. I understand Jon Snow's a Targaryen, not a Stark, but, you know, the connection with this wolf in the books is so huge. He's and half Stark. In the show, well, right, but as given that it's the, the um, Westerosi world, the male lineage is deemed more important. Um to to have Ghost make an appearance was was nice. I got excited for about a half a second, and then nothing happened. And it's like, oh, all right, well, oh, Ghost is there. Too. Good, good to know. We've tied another bow on. You know, oh, yep, Ghost is definitely toast this next episode. So, so I'm figuring out all these all these details and and every is uh, Ghost scene, getting a turn into a White Walker and John have to kill Ghost. The uh, the thing. I really liked was that scene or the longest scene. It was where uh, Brienne at the very end gets knighted. Uh, seeing a lot of those characters interact was, was enjoyable. It was, um, cool. it, it was uh, a very simple scene though. I, I think my biggest knock is the, the show writers basically said, okay, we're going to go huge on the battle scene. And, you know, for the opener, they had the dragons flying around, and that was a cool scene. I think Dylan said he really enjoyed that. I thought it was a waste of money as far as, um, you know, okay, yep, you've got dragons flying around, but it was to do what? Just to go have a little uh, snooky time in a secret hiding spot? Like, okay, that was pretty useless in, in, in advancing the plot, but visually attractive. Now, the second episode... I think it, you know, wrapped everything in a bow, prepared people to die. Um, Missande and uh, Grey Worm are both effing toast, no doubt, based on that <laughs> conversation. Um, but they, they, it was super cheap. Like that scene that was so cool around the fire. Done awesome, that in a nothing. warehouse or, or in any random building and, and, you know, built that set. Super yeah, cheap. Yeah, like, save that money. Said, yep, we're gonna save all of our money and we're gonna blow our load in you know the third episode and maybe the fourth or fifth a little bit, but it's all going notice- towards the battle, which is really exciting. But it just yeah, it, it's all come together too nicely. This uh, battle I, is I also, if I may, hyped a lot. This battle's been hyped a lot as the the biggest battle in cinema history. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, you I, notice I think scams. the expectations are too high. They ran out of wine before the night was even over. They definitely skipped on the budget. Like they can't even give the actors wine to last the entire episode. <laughs> no, um, I, I think the thing with that, I think the big twist is they set up like, oh, these guys are all going to die. Like Brienne's story arc is, oh, it's complete. Now they're going to just axe her off now that we're like super happy for her. Once you be at this point, a bigger spoiler, like a bigger twist to not kill him. Like I feel like that's almost what it's been up to. Like we expect the death now. The twist is like, keep him alive. Grey Worm and Sandra, keep him living. That's my twist. That's what I would do. They'll never expect it. I think Jamie's going to die like real nope. quick. Never expect and it. And Brienne's going to be really upset about it. Um, Nick, I wanted to ask you, um, so does Jon Snow finding out that he's a Targaryen, uh, do you think that's going to, do you think it's already changed his relationship with Danny? Oh, for sure. We saw it in the episode. Yeah, and that was purposely timed out where every time she gets to a, a really hard point, um, she gets interrupted. She was having that conversation with Sansa and, oh, by the way, hey, uh, we, we need you urgently. Okay, yep, we'll just leave that as a cliffhanger. 
Um, you know, I am Aegon Targaryen. Uh, oh, well, who told you? My best friend and my brother. Convenient. Um, you know, that you realize that gives you a claim to the Iron Throne. You know, the last male. Yep, I know. Oh, oh horn blows. Oh, crap. We got to go. All he has they, to say is just, yes or no. Like, he could have just, like, yes, no. And then they could have. Well, I don't think he even knows what he wants, though, yet. Well, right. Right. They John Snow. John doesn't Snow has know. never wanted to rule. Character. But, but he's also, like, a super honorable person. So if it's, if it's his responsibility to rule, he'll take it. Right. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And then there's the whole incest. Does that bother them? Um, historically, Targaryens, it hasn't bothered. But, um, you know, seeing that. John was raised as a Stark, uh, or a a Snow, I suppose, but basically a Stark. Incest is best. Um, you know, he has he has certain and what have you. So I don't know if he would be okay being with Danny as king and queen. And I, I it's all too neat. It's it's not how it's going to fall together. Um, I the, the theories that I've read and everything that goes along with it is, um, the the opening credits that spinning ball with everything written on it. That's the same ball that's in the Citadel uh, that maintains all the histories. So Samwell needs to survive, and he's going to write the history, which is how we're reading everything that's happening, uh, if you were from a book perspective, um, is from Samwell's telling of these different characters. Pulling the old Hobbit. Um, yeah, something along those lines. And, um, you know, that's that's going to, you know, the question remains, is uh, Danny pregnant from having sex with John, which I believe she's supposed to be later in the season. Um, and uh, hypothetically, spoiler on top of spoilers. Oh, right. Dude, These are that is, that there's is the other. I'm pretty there's strong the other seed if she was not supposed to have kids. And then John's like, yeah, John <laughs> <Impregnate Sonya>. her. <laughs> you are being snowed. You can have kids. Whatever. At any rate, the other lovely theory is uh, within, and I don't know if it's within the world of Westeros or another story that was written, a legend within Westeros about uh, Nisa Nisa, where um, this last hero, in order to stave off the the uh, long night previously, had to um, have a sword forged. And the short version of the story is he you know, killed a lion with it and he, you know, put its, you know, it, it was imbibed or imbued with uh, the lion's blood and the lion's strength that it was forged a bunch of times. And uh, what he had to do to make the straw, the sword as strong as it needed to be to fend off the long night was he had to kill the love of his life. So the, the Smith took his, the sword uh, or the warrior took his sword and he, you know, took the woman that he loved and he, he killed the woman he loved, you know, pulling the old Thanos heart to make the sword super strong and powerful and, you know, basically have the light of day with it. And uh, he then went to slay on everything. So the theory there is that John will have to kill um, Daenerys. Daenerys or vice versa in some way, shape or form, which is, I think Brent, we were talking about this earlier. You're like spoiler or, you know, plot twist. Daenerys has to kill John. Like, no, actually, according to the legend, if it's, uh, you know, how it's all supposed to pan out nicely, John's going to have to kill Daenerys according to that now that's if it all goes according to you know the old legend if you're a believer that the, the history needs to repeat itself and blah 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 there's all kinds of lovely details there that i've read and understand but that may be getting a little too deep for you guys if you're going to keep making uh you know running out of wine jokes 
Well, I think and, it's fair. And bald jokes. Because um, he has to be able to make jokes about it. If I may, though, that brand, the things we of. do for love line, that was gold. Roll. Troll award. Yep. The yeah, things we I do for jokes like on me. Yeah, that's, so that's the same level. I'll I think it's it silly. It doesn't impact. He's a three-eyed raven. Why would he hold grudges of past? He doesn't, but just like that little, that was a little bit of human brand coming out and, you know, just a little, 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 little poke with a knife, just tip on the, in the stomach a little bit, just a little bit. Maybe. I I enjoyed it. No, maybe that's what it was. Like a joke to me, but we don't make jokes. Listen, listen to the, the directors after the episode, you have access to HBO afterward, Dave and Dave. Uh, sit down Dave and talk and about Dave. the episode. They they quite literally say that's what it was. The the other thing that I saw as a theory that was brought up is that in that ending shot where you see the White Walkers, you don't see the king and the dragon. So one theory yeah, I saw I think... is hold on, hold on, let me finish. One theory <laughs> I saw is that they would that the Night King is actually on his way to King's Landing, gonna fuck that all up and come in with another army from the south. Because you don't see isn't them. There a ba- isn't you there a bigger army in the south? And then there's north. much bigger. There's a lot more people. Yeah, and then the the, a, the golden company of ten thousand, and then there's a million 20. in King's Landing. Twenty thousand. If I may, if I may, if a bunch of wildlings, no elephants. King's La- if a bunch of <laughs> if a bunch of wildlings can outrun them to Winterfell. How are they supposed to get down south and back up to Winterfell? Well, the dragon getting down south would be pretty easy. It is like wild will still take a while. It still take too long. I, I don't see. Yeah, it did take him seven seasons to get to the wall. So you got there's a point there. Well, that's the time warping. Uh, yeah. If I made the uh, the other theory uh, I had regarding the situation, uh, and based on the review videos that I watch from sources that I respect. Um, <laughs> I got this stuff from a place. I I, I pick out certain uh, content creators that I agree I get with. It, I get it. Just, right the, the way you said it, it's basically like, yep, I just pulled this out of nowhere. Just go with it. It's not at all what I said. I, content creators that I respect have, have been noting that everyone keeps saying the crypts are the safest place to be. Now, the writers are not very good for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Now that they're on their own, and because they have hammered the crypts are the safest place to be, it had to have been said six plus times in the last episode. Everyone keeps saying the crypts are the safest place to be, and we know from the teaser trailer, the crypts are probably not the safest place to be because at some point in that, that series, was attractive. <laughs> beer drinking will do that. Um, Let's go. Happens when you run out of wine. Well, like exactly, Daenerys says a couple times in the in the previews of the next episodes or whatever. Said the dead are already here. I mean, there are already dead people buried in the scripts. That's lovely. But if you also remember, there are ways into Winterfell and out of Winterfell that are only known to the Starks. And you have to remember the theory behind the Night King is that he is actually a Stark. I did and, not know that. Or or isn't um, Benjen with him? No, Brother Benjen was killed. Is dead. But did he get turned into a No, he, a was, he was stopped from being turned into a white, and then therefore when they killed him, he was just dead after that. He just died. Okay, right, never mind. Your theory might be right. 
But at any rate, the the Night King is allegedly a Stark and would therefore know how to get in and out of Winterfell without being seen, uh, which, uh, spoiler alert, is through the crypts. Um, the the crypts have been a highly touted thing within the books, um, and the show has only just made them a big deal. But again, given that the writers are not that creative, if they keep saying, ah, yes, the crypts, the safest place to be. Ah, yes, the crypts, the safest well, and, place And the to crypts be. are supposed to be bigger than Winterfell itself. Like, they go down further and further. Like, the newest graves are at the top. So when they go down and see Ned and, you know, Lyanna and whatnot, those are all newer new graves those are brand new graves compared to the generations and generations for thousands of years of starks yeah, below that. There's, there's the theory that yeah either the night king will raise the dead because they don't burn their dead they just bury them in there um either the the starks of old will come back like uh um Ooh, that'd be awesome what, what's the lord of the rings uh lord of the rings style where you bring back all the old kings of winter um, and that may be bad, uh, but also, again, you have entrances and, and escape routes for the Starks Current historically people. that are unguarded. And uh, they will, I'm guessing they will either creep in that way or they will raise the the Kings of Winter um, in a bad way. And the crypts will no longer be the safest place to be. Or but, it could be an escape route like Helm's Deep in the Two Towers. Where they go back and like we can get in these caves and get out to safety and they can sneak out of Winterfell and correct it, it it can be both actually remember there's there's probably going to be more than one way in and out but yes based on the information I have from my sources that I'm pulling out of my rear end because Kyle says so um, hypothetically yes if if the battle for Winterfell is is lost they will take an escape route through the crypts okay let's go down the line. And just do one crazy prediction for next episode slash the season. What, what's your what? What would be your one quick crazy prediction? Uh, Tyrion is the prince that was promised. Is what a princess? The prince that was promised. Tyrion is the prince nah, that John, was promised. John Snow. It's Tyrion that's going to end up on the Iron Throne. Pretty crazy. Ooh, that's uh. That's pretty crazy. Dylan, what do you one. got? Um I think I think I'm gonna stick with my one that earlier. I think Jamie Lannister is gonna be one of the first guy in this episode. I think I'm gonna stick with mine that the Night King and Dragon are not at Winterfell. They and my assumption would be King's Landing, but my prediction is that they're just not at Winterfell at all. Because Bran's whole plan hinged around him coming for Bran. And if he's not at Winterfell at all. That's gonna throw some shit to the fan. It's gonna be they're gonna they're nobody's no, gonna know what to do because their whole plan hinged on getting to the Night King and killing him. Nick, oh boy, uh, two parter. Number one, <laughs> there will be elephants. Number two, <laughs> that's the prediction. We, I I didn't get number one, but I got the elephants was number two. All the dragons will die is number one. Okay. I can see that. And there will be elephants. Cersei will get what she wants uh, because Euron wants uh, round two through 12 or whatever. To put a bell, to put a baby, a prince in her belly. All right, Nick, All right. you want to wrap us up? Oh, there's a wrap up. Oh, geez. Well, I guess if that's all we have to say, 
That was episode 45 of If I May. I hope you all enjoyed. We have new episodes every Thursday. Feel free to support us. We have merch available. Subscribe, share, rate, review. If you want to get in contact with us, give us uh, ideas, topics for whatever you want to hear in the episodes, uh, political, non-political, you tell us. Uh, DM us on Twitter at Zarubust or email at Zarubust at gmail.com. Have a great Thursday, and we'll see you next week.